Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grow Up podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week we have got an update from the allotment where yeah, there's been a quite a bit going on. Then we have all about mulching and mulches. One of my favourite things to do because the results make it all the more worthwhile. And then of course we have an update from our home plot here in the garden including what's going on in the front garden and the veggie pod garden. So lots to get through. Let's get on with an update from the allotment. Today is Saturday the 3rd of June 2023 today and I'm down on the allotment. Now I have been down to the allotment during the week just tackling the usual sort of things, weeding, watering etc etc and I've made a few notes while I've been down here. Now the first thing that I noticed was that Grandad's greenhouse is just getting a little bit messy and because it's been so hot in there it's been difficult to get inside there and do anything so what I did today is I came down to the allotment early while it was still a bit cooler and I got inside Grandad's greenhouse and I've tidied it up a bit and tidied my tomatoes it's still to get hot don't get me wrong but I've just made it a little bit better now the tomatoes are in flower which means it's time to start feeding them with my comfrey feed i made my comfrey feed about two weeks ago and last night actually i came down here and i siphoned off the feed and started using it to feed the tomatoes and i've got to admit that already they look so much better for it they just look a lot greener the flowers are looking great everything just seems to be springing into life and it's that smell of tomatoes as well inside the greenhouse that really Really hits me it really makes me think things are looking great now after that I came outside and I finished off planting my sweet corn I planted the first batch that I sowed a couple of weeks ago and this was the second batch of sweet corn that I have sowed and they were all big enough and ready enough to go into the ground they've been in root trainers since they were sown pretty good germination I've got to say this second sowing looks better than the first sowing so over in the sweet corn bed which is one of the newer beds what I've done on that bed is just laid cardboard down and I cut a hole in the cardboard and dug out some soil in order to plant the sweet corn that seems to be working quite nicely I continued with that today it does mean I do have to water that bed quite regularly which isn't a problem but a lot of water has gone into that bed to make sure they are established and for this next week again because Whenever I plant a new plant out, I have to water it every day to make sure it establishes. We are in desperate need for rain down here, it's got to be said. We haven't had rain for weeks and over the winter we did collect a lot of rain, don't get me wrong, but even at home we are running low. And the trouble with our allotment is we are only allowed two water butts per plot, which does create a bit of a problem because we then rely on mains water. And it's a lot of work watering but it has to be done, but especially, as I say, in the establishing phase. Last week, we planted out the runner beans and the, some of the French beans. They have been watered every day. They seem to be doing okay, actually. They seem to have established, and they are starting to now show signs of growth, so we don't have to worry about watering them on a daily basis. When it comes to watering, what I like to do is newly planted plants water daily. They need to get established and growing nicely. But after that, I might slow it down at first, go to every other day for another week or so, and then I just want to give every bed a good drenching 
once a week and I mean a good drenching now I don't do that all in one go I do break it down so I only concentrate on certain areas on its certain days in order to give it all a good drenching what this does is by watering this way is it encourages the roots of our plants to go down deeper and find out moisture lower down which means they become stronger plants for it if you water on a daily basis the roots tend to stay at the top of the the ground where there's less moisture so getting them down lower makes all the difference this is a technique that i i often recommend anyway it does mean a very very good drenching but it does work and added to that mulch that we'll be talking about a little bit later will help as well now added to that I have also been hoeing out the pea bed as you know peas have been a bit of a problem for me we're going to sow some peas at home but I really have hoed this bed out and just not watering it letting the weeds die on the surface I have a rule when I have an empty bed that nothing is growing in which is rare I try and always keep my beds full but what I do is I hoe the bed even if I don't see a weed. It does go a long way to just maintaining that soil structure and keeping the weeds down. You know, a weed cannot get established if you're constantly hoeing it. And it's a good rule that I like to adapt. Now added to that, I've also planted out a cucumber in the new greenhouse, Tim's Greenhouse. I'm growing cucumbers in grow bags inside this greenhouse, although, <laughs> although I still haven't got the glass going just yet, but we've, we're getting that built up a little bit better. Now in terms of harvesting, we have continued to get more broad beans, which are going down really nicely, it's got to be said. I've also, as I've been weeding a potato bed, accidentally harvested a few potatoes, which I've taken home and we're using those straight away. It's not going to be long until we can really start harvesting our potatoes, our first earlies particularly. In fact, I think I'm going to speak to the wife tonight and just see if we can start harvesting them, if we're going to need them. I'm not going to harvest them until we need them, but I think that's going to be what we're going to have to do. And I think the uh, early purple white is soon going to be ready as well. That's the garlic, the first early garlic, if you like. That's soon going to be ready. The lower leaves on that have started to die back. So I reckon over next week, we can start harvesting those. So lots going on down here on the allotment. Now, talking of potatoes, I have had to add a good mulch to my potatoes, as you can imagine. And that has also been fueled by the fact I've been receiving a few queries about mulches. And that's what I'm going to be talking about in just a moment. Firstly, I've got a little bit of an advert coming up. Before we get into mulches, I just want to say that if you are enjoying this podcast, then please do leave us a review on your podcast service. But if you want to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a supportive member. To be a supportive member, I charge £5 a month. And for that, you get extra behind the scenes podcasts as well as seeds sent to your door each month. Now this week, I have actually been sowing the sweet corn that I've sent out in June's pack. This is a sweet corn called Golden Bantam. This is my third sowing of sweet corn this year, and hopefully they're going to grow into those tall canes that I'm hoping to get. But if you want to become a member, then head to the veggrowpodcast.co.uk to find out more. Right, let's get on with mulching. Now, I talk a lot about mulching. For me, we should be mulching. It's as important as weeding and watering. What mulches do is they create a layer above the soil which 
reduces the amount of weeds by not allowing the sun hit the soil. It also shades out the soil from the sun, meaning it doesn't dry out. And it also goes a long way to helping improve soil structure and even soil temperature. It's a great thing to do, and as I say, I think it is so important. Now there are several things that we can use for mulches. I'm a big fan of lawn clippings, there's no doubt you've heard me say many, many times. And the reason I'm a big fan of lawn clippings is that I'm cutting the grass anyway. We've got these lawn clippings, I want to use it in something. And it's a free resource, so every time I cut the lawn, I take those lawn clippings and I just scatter them all the way around my plants. And I go right up to the stem with lawn clippings. What I've done with my potatoes this week, however, is as I've cut the lawn, I've chopped down some of our comfrey plants and I've run over those comfrey plants with a lawnmower as well, mixing in the comfrey in with the lawn clippings. Now what this will do is, for potatoes particularly, is it creates like a comfrey feed. It adds a bit of nutrients and a bit of feed to the, the mulch, which then leaks its way down into the soil to feed our plants. So it goes a long way, in my opinion, for producing better potatoes. And we can also use this for tomatoes and many other of our fruiting and flowering plants as well. But certain other plants, such as garlic or onions, we're not really going to want to use comfrey. Lawn clippings in general are fine for those. Something else I would like to use more of is compost. Now, the only reason I don't use compost is because I cannot produce enough of it. I could, of course, buy in some compost, but then it starts getting expensive and I'm trying to rely on being self-sufficient and just using what I have growing here. Now, the, the thing with compost, what I like to do with compost is I actually mulch the soil when it is empty. Now, this is usually done over the winter time, but I was at a talk once and the, the guy there sort of said, actually, it's pointless doing it over the winter because all the rain comes along and leaches that nutrients from the compost into the soil. And what we really want is the nutrients available for when we plant. So he recommends mulching with compost in the spring. This is, of course, doing our no-dig method. The compost just goes straight on to the beds and off we go. Now, if you already have plants growing in that bed, you can still use compost. You've just got to be careful not to get it on the stems of the plants because that can lead to the rotting of the stems. Some plants you will get away with it. Potatoes and tomatoes are one that are particularly good at getting away with having compost on the stem. But things like cucumbers or our squash plants, it could be pretty devastating for them because it can lead to the rotting of their stem, which we don't want either. Now, one more mulch that we could use that isn't going to cost us anything, we probably have it on our, our allotments anyway, is leaves. Now, you will know that in the autumn, I do like to collect leaves up and I put those into a bin to make leaf mould. And that's a good method, it's got to be said. But I also know of somebody who has a large amount of leaves delivered to his allotment. He makes leaf mould, but he also uses those leaves to mulch his beds over the winter. It creates like a protective layer, which is a great idea as well. And this is something that if I had enough leaves, I would be doing too. 
And then, of course, we've got seaweed. I'm lucky enough to live near the beach. So when I take the dog for a walk on the beach, I do collect up any seaweed that has been washed up in a, a carrier bag that I take with me. And I bring that down onto my allotment and I particularly mulch my asparagus with it. It seems to produce some really good results with the asparagus just using the seaweed. Now, of course, seaweed you have got to be a little bit careful with because it does contain salt, of course. But if you are worried about it, rinse the seaweed off in water before placing it on your beds. Now, there are a few other mulches that we could use. Cardboard is something that I've been using on the sweet corn bed, as you've heard. I've just laid the cardboard down, and normally I would do this over the winter anyway when I'm building a bed, and then throw a load of compost on top. What I've actually done with a sweet corn is I've just laid the compost down on top of the grass, cut through it, and planted a sweet corn through the cardboard. That seems to be working quite nicely. We can then, of course, add compost on top later on in the year. It's ready to go, or we can add grass clippings throughout the year as well it will start to rot down the cardboard but I don't mind that because that's what we really want the cardboard to do we could use black weed suppressing membrane which is a good one to use on pumpkins it has to be said because it attracts the heat but I'm not a fan of using weed suppressing membrane anymore I, I have used it in the past and I do have quite a collection of it don't get me wrong the only reason that I haven't got rid of it is that I don't like getting rid of anything that is useful but we will use it until it is unusable but again that can be just laid on top of empty beds you can cut through it and plant plants through it and being black it attracts the sun so it also warms up the soil which gives you a bit of an extra start earlier on in the season and with things like pumpkins it helps them grow a little bit stronger then there are some mulches that are going to cost us a bit of money. So one of the mulches that is quite extensively used at the moment is from a company called Strouch. And I've used this in the past. It's a very, very good mulch, it has to be said. What it is is mineralised straw. So it's straw that has been chopped up and extra minerals and nutrients added to it. And you take that out, you lay it on your bed around your plants. It will rot down into the soil, but it creates that layer of mulch which helps in the long run reduces weeds reduces watering and and better plants for it so it's a good very good one to use the only reason i don't use it anymore one bag cost me 10 pound and i got about two beds out of that one bag and if i was to do that on the allotment that would cost me 70 pounds and if i wanted to do the ones at home that would probably be another £70 as well. It gets a little bit expensive, so I'm I'm not a fan of using Strouch when I can use lawn clippings for nothing. But that being said, you know, Strouch I would class up there as being one of the best mulches that you could buy. That being said, I also do use a, another type of straw mulch, which is called, from a company called Easy Mulch. And this is straw pellets. What I do is I use these in pots, particularly in a front garden. I place the pellets on top of the plots and add water. And they, what they do is they swell up and they fill up that the top of the pot. And that really does reduce watering. I've said time and time again, the front of my garden, the driveway garden, has needed very little care because of this easy mulch. It's worked brilliantly. And I've had a bag of this. It cost me £10 for the bag, but I've had it for a couple of years. In a couple of weeks' time, I'm at Gardener's World Live, and I'm going to be buying another bag of it because I think it is such great stuff. 
Now, of course, we could use straw, and that is a popular one. And I did go to my local farm supplies place just the other day to get some straw, but unfortunately didn't have any that I could have used. Now, I have used straw on the allotment in the past, and I found that it was a good mulch. It just didn't do very good with dealing with the cooch grass. I just found the cooch grass, because straw is quite a, a thick mulch, the cooch grass could just sort of weave its way through the straw and grow on out. So... It does work, and if you can get hold of straw for a pretty cheap price, that's a good one to go. But if you've got cooch grass, in my experiments, I've found it not to be worthwhile. Now, one other mulch that I haven't mentioned yet is wood chip mulch. Now, again, this can be quite expensive. It does really need buying in, unless you are lucky enough to be a, an arborist or know a, a tree surgeon that chops up the branches that they cut down we had a delivery of that on our allotment a few weeks ago and i've managed to put it around some of our fruit bushes and trees at the very top which is a particularly difficult area it seems to be working very very well up there the only trouble is my neighbors on the other side of that area haven't been on their plot and it is a complete and utter mess and that's starting to make its way into my area so it's a little bit annoying on that front but um i'm gonna have to cut it back their, their area just to try and reduce the weeds down but it is working really nicely what i did with that wood mulch however i did lay cardboard down first and then the wood mulch went on top the advantage being it will rot down into place but cooch grass does still grow through this i'll be honest with you but by having the cardboard there in the first place it seems to be reducing the amount of cooch grass but we are getting the odd bindweed to come through now the great thing about this is all these mulches work fantastically but you still may get weeds come through but they come out so easily now I've often spoken about the fact that I do practice no dig gardening and I, I will continue to practice no dig gardening and I do find that mulching incorporated with no dig gardening is a very good way of maintaining an allotment and a home garden especially if you lead a busy lifestyle as well. The two combined together work so well at creating a really good garden. Now talking of gardening, let's go find out what's been happening on the home plot. It's Sunday the 4th of June 2023 today and it's time for a garden update. Now I'll start out the front. Now the front driveway garden where we've got all the fruit bushes and pots are going fantastic. I've got to say that that's probably the easiest part of the garden I've had to look after. Because the pots are, well the plants are in pots and we've added a mulch on most of them. They're needing very little water and about once a week I go out and water those. We do need to pot some of the plants into bigger pots at some point as they are drying out quite quickly. But on the whole it's been really really easy to look after the driveway garden. Added to that, the thing that I'm really impressed with is that we are starting to see some of our fruits grow. These are going to be currants, so that's great. Really, really happy with that. Out in the back garden, this is where I spend most of my time. And as I say, about an hour before I go to work, I do do a bit of gardening in the mornings. Weeding, watering, that sort of thing. It makes a big difference, I've got to say. And particularly with things like potting up, I'm able to stay on top of our potting up. Now, back in January, we planted some rhubarb seeds and they are doing really, really well. I've had to pot them up into 
bigger pots, along with quite a few of our other plants that we have in pots at the moment. We've got a lot of our squash plants still in pots and tomato plants that are going spare. We've got to find home for these, but at the moment it's not a priority because I'm I'm sort of got the areas filled up that I want. Added to that, I did prick out some nasturtium seedlings and some uh, sunflower seedlings. Again, these are just getting them into bigger and bigger pots before they go into the ground. Probably next week they're going to go into the ground. Now these are flowers but they are edible and I just thought I'll add them in this year to add a bit of colour as well as the fact that nasturtiums produce edible leaves and flowers and sunflowers of course we can eat the sunflower seeds should we want to as well. In the main veg patch area there's been quite a bit going on. One of the things that we've actually done is with the pea bed, the pea and bean bed. Now I've had a lot of trouble with peas this year, although we are starting to get a few peas developed now. These are flowers and actual pea pods with peas in them starting to develop from what we were sowing earlier on this year. But we have had a lot of trouble just getting peas to germinate this year. So what I've done instead is I've bought completely fresh seed and I've soaked the seeds overnight before planting them out. And I've planted some in root trainers and some directly into the ground. Now we're going to hopefully see what germinates best. I'm hoping that they're going to be pretty even germination this time. But it is annoying the fact that I have sown four different varieties of seeds at different times. And the germination on them has been incredibly patchy. So hopefully these, these next five will do much better. One of the problems that we have noticed happening is that our seedlings have been attacked by something. Last week I sowed some cabbage seedlings and about an hour after I pricked out the nasturtiums and the sunflower seeds and I left them out on our table outside, I came back about an hour later and I noticed something had attacked them and lost all the compost and dug up the plants which I managed to sort out and seemed to be surviving but for some reason possibly a bird I suspect a pigeon looking for something to eat attacked them and pulled them all out now into the veggie pod garden where obviously I have my veggie pods now my my salad bar does still seem to be struggling with germination I've made another sowing of these salad leaves but just don't seem to be germinating that being said the spinach that we had growing in there we've removed the spinach because it had bolted and we've been picking the leaves off which have really done well actually spinach has been a fantastic thing to grow this year and it is coming to the end of its life when we get near the hot time of year spinach is a cool loving plant so we expected them to go around this time of year but what we have got with these spinaches you know have been so tasty and we've got so much of it that our freezer will keep us going for quite a while and then of course in the main veggie pod as well it's much the same thing although we did sow some pea seeds directly in there as well just to see how they get on the main veggie pod the large veggie pod is a bit of an experiment this year just to see what does well in there and uh, what we're going to do with it in the future now of course the end of May did mean that the end of no mow May so the little patch of grass that I had left to grow wild I strinned down and cut with the lawnmower of course I used the grass for a mulch on my brassicas as I'm always doing but what I've I've, I've thought I'll give it a few thoughts on this now I've done no mow May for a couple of years now and last year I've got to say was much more successful this year 
All we got was a bit of long grass. There may be the odd dandelion, but not much more than long grass. So what we were expecting is to see some more weed flowers grow through and feed those bees. And we didn't get that at all. It was just long grass, like I say. So what I did, when I did cut the grass down, because I, when I cut the lawn, I actually cut the lawn on quite a, a higher level that it tends to allow daisies to grow through. And I find in the bees, I prefer in the daisies more than anything else. I mean, we have got raspberries in flower as well. So there's plenty of other things to feed the bees too. So I don't think I'm going to be doing no mow may in the future. We will have our wildflower area continuing, of course. That's just a little patch of wildflower seeds and hopefully that will be enough for them. But for me, I don't think I'm going to do no mow may again. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just didn't really suit us. And I feel we've got enough flowers in our garden to feed the bees during this time as well. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Now, apart from that, the only other thing that I've made a note of is the watering and our water butts. Now, I'm a big fan of using water butts to water our garden. And most years, we don't have to rely on mains water. Over the winter, all my water butts got filled up and I do have 14 water butts in my garden. One out the front, the other 13 out the back. They are attached to downpipes on the sheds in many of the cases, but we do have a couple that we have to pump water to from these. But just for convenience more than anything, we don't we didn't have enough places to pot the water butts that don't have where there's a downpipe. So what I've noticed this week, what I'm, I'm getting round to, is that we are starting to run low on water. Five of our water butts are completely empty and the rest are following suit. So it is getting a little bit worrying how much water we're going through. My brother has said he's got a few spare water butts from his granddad's house he's going to give me. So we're going to have more than 14 eventually. But the amount of water that we need is getting quite intense and it's quite scary just how much water we're going through at the moment. I'm hoping it's going to rain soon. Right, well that brings us up to the end of this week's garden update. Meet me back in the potting shed where I've got a lovely recipe for you. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Veg Grow Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed diving into the world of growing our own food with us today. But before we sign off, at the end of each podcast, I do like to share with you a recipe. This is usually something I have been making lately in order to try it out. But this week, we have got homemade mayonnaise. Now, in the past, I used to make homemade mayonnaise quite often. But my wife, for some reason, never really liked it. So I never really attempted to try it too much in recent years it just become a bit wasteful but recently she tried some homemade mayonnaise somewhere else and enjoyed it and uh, i thought i'd give it another bash and we seem to have cracked the code it's all about using decent oil so to make homemade mayonnaise what we do is we take two egg yolks we put them in a bowl with a tablespoon of dijon mustard and a bit of salt and pepper Now, we then mix them together until they are really well combined. For me, I actually use an electric mixer on a very, very low speed. I just find it a lot easier. We could do it by hand, but I just found the electric mixer to be a little bit easier. Once the egg yolks and mustard was combined, we then trickled in 250 mils of oil. Now, this is where we have been experimenting with. 
Now I've used extra virgin olive oil in the past and recently I've used cold pressed rapeseed oil. What I found is it does need to be a decent oil. It's no good going for the cheap oil. The decent oil is what we really need. Anyway, while the egg mixture is still mixing, the electric mixer is still on, mixing it all together, we just trickle in this oil. And I mean trickle it in very, very, very slowly. What I actually did was just trickled it in for about a second, then stopped trickling it in until the oil and the egg mixture has all combined. And then I continued. As we got further and further on, as time went by, we could add a bit more of the oil to the mixture. But again, it is about doing it very, very slowly and just gently trickling it in until all the oil is incorporated into the mayonnaise. And it becomes like this rich, creamy consistency. And then we added a bit of vinegar, about a, a teaspoon of vinegar, just to add a bit of flavour. Maybe lemon juice as well, just to brighten it up and there we go we had our homemade mayonnaise now once the mayonnaise is made it stores nicely in the fridge we've mixed it with various other things such as gherkins and parsley to make tartar sauce as well as mixing it in with olives to make a, a nice different type of mayonnaise it's been really nice to have this actually and it's so so easy to do Give it a try and let me know how you get on. Now, let's wrap this up. Please do remember to leave us a review on your podcast app. Also, please consider becoming a supporting member. As I said, £5 a month, you get seeds as well as extra behind the scenes podcast. If you want to contact me, my email address is richard at uk, or you can head to uk and leave us a voicemail. It's very important because we would like more voicemails. Also, don't forget to find us on social media. We will be back again next time, so until then, please take care.